you have the breastplate of righteousness. You know, like you don't have to sin. You are righteous now. These are all things that God does for us, not we do for God. The reason we can stand against temptation is because Jesus ultimately stood. You are listening to This Life We Live in the Body, a podcast about the gospel and weight loss. We talk about things that weight loss teaches us about the gospel and things that the gospel teaches us about weight loss. I'm Becky Watson, and I'm here with my sister, Katie Morgan. How are you, Katie? I'm good, Becky. How are you? Good. And through the magic of Zoom, I am here with my sister, Sarah Dubois. How are you, Sarah? Good. Thanks, Becky. And we are meeting in a new place to do this, and it has had a fair number of obstacles to getting started. This might be the third time we've started. <laughs> it might be the 10th. I have no idea. I know. We're just going to fight through. <laughs> we can get this. We can do this. Let's start out with some stats. I weighed myself this morning. Oh, good. Ben. And I was 217. Is that so, your lowest? My lowest is 216. Okay. So I'm in a really good spot. Mm-hmm. And I've been working out a lot lately, a lot being regularly regarded yeah, that counts, that counts. Um, rather than not at all. And so <laughs> yesterday I had a gigantic cake, uh, piece of Addie's birthday cake for breakfast. And I said, you know what, I'm, I really need to get rid of this because I was like eating finger licks of frosting for meals. And, and I don't mean like I ate just a finger lick of frosting and then I ate so many finger licks of frosting it was <laughs> like a meal so I just threw it away good. so there good. is a non-scale victory right there yeah that's good so I'm trying to lose weight so I was thinking about this about it just celebrated my little girl's first birthday so I have lost 30 of the 50 pounds I gained okay so I have 20 more to go okay and I am feeling really good about that place with my older daughter it took me a lot longer so yeah 20 more pounds just to get where I was pre-pregnancy yeah just comparing to yourself you're not comparing yourself to Heidi Klum who did a runway show what two weeks three weeks after she had a baby yeah yeah to be fair though in the picture she's like wearing a corset so you can't see her belly which I'm sure helped her a little bit yeah her legs looked great yeah I mean there's there's genetics there's different people's personalities there's where you were when you got pregnant right yeah. like where you had you been skinny for a long time yeah. were you in good shape you know serena williams winning tennis tournaments when she was pregnant is not where i was at when i got pregnant <laughs> close though back <laughs> very close but so yeah like we as we talked about in our couple of episodes ago like comparison's not helpful but also just, I've just been thinking a lot about like, if you keep focusing on what's not happening, you're missing what is happening, what yeah. God is doing. Katie, what's your stats? Uh, I was 131.6. So a little bit on the higher end for me, which I mean, it's not that big of a deal. I know I can take care of it. Um, I recently came, I started working. I, I cleaned a house for, for money, which I love a ton. But now I have my own money, so I've been buying a lot of Starbucks because mm. I don't have to explain to Joel why I'm going to Starbucks twice a week, three, four, money. five times a day because it's my own money. So I think that that's probably a habit I'm going to need to rear down a little bit because <laughs> or switch to black coffee like I did. You know that's a that's a good idea, Beck. But those uh, granite- but it tastes horrible. <laughs> <laughs> it does sound fun. 
Uh, those uh, grande ice caramel macchiatos with an extra shot of espresso are definitely hitting the scale. <laughs> Though I would like to say I'm skinny, not fat Katie ordering. Fat Katie would order extra caramel drizzle and I'm not doing that yet. Wow. I'm doing practically an energy drink. I strongly recommend that one if you have the calories to spend. <laughs> I had I have uh, three more weeks of physical therapy. My physical therapist is real pleased about uh, what I'm doing. And I went up and down the stairs a couple times this weekend without using hand railings or wow. yeah i'm doing real good i'm doing real good that's well you great. carried that stuff downstairs just now well, it's just a book Becky. Yeah, i, do I know time. but like i don't know i felt like you uh, were looking good that's good thank you thank you and i i have these like exercises to to do at home and it's like the first time ever i feel really strong while doing them all right sarah you want to share some stats sure i am th- at the very end of my 30 weeks pregnant so if you just listen to last episode I record we recorded that day one of 30 weeks and today's like day six or seven or however they number it so I'm still 30 weeks and I'm still 147 pounds so oh. I'm just kind of maintaining the uh, the course which was fine because I was talking last week about how I had jumped a couple pounds <laughs> up the scale faster than I thought I should have but so apparently I'm just maintaining that at this point and yeah life's busy happy, healthy baby. I don't know. That's about it. Nothing too new and exciting. Yep. Before we go any further, let's talk about the gospel because we want to always start with that mindset. And one thing that I've really been meditating on this past week, as we've been diving into the idea of the armor of God, and we talked last week about being strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. I read all of Ephesians in one sitting just actually not that hard. No, it's not that long at all. But it was really fun, kind of really good because it helped you see these familiar verses that you quote all the time, but in context, yeah. and it gives you like fresh understanding because we were focusing on it, this part of uh, Ephesians 1 really jumped out to me. This is 118. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. So taking that with that that exhortion to be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. So important for us to realize that that power that we have at our disposal is the power that raised Jesus from the dead. So when we think about we lost it all, we're dead in our transgressions. Jesus did it all. He raised us to life with the same power power that raised Jesus to life. And then we are given a full and abundant life with every spiritual blessing, because we get it all. It's something that God does for us from first to last. It's only a couple of verses later that reminds us that even the faith to believe is a gift through grace. It's not something that we can do ourselves. And it's something that God does on the inside so that we can do good works on the outside. We've been created in Christ Jesus for a new creation to do the good works which God has prepared in advance for us to do. So that's Ephesians 2.10. 
just so exciting to think about the gospel in those terms that we have, we were created as infants in our mother's womb in God's image, but then we were recreated so that we could do God's mission, even though we had ruined ourselves with sin. So it's exciting and really has real application and power to our everyday life. We started a new series last week on the armor of God, and we talked about the belt of truth. This week, we want to talk about the breastplate of righteousness. So to get us started, what is the breastplate of righteousness or what is righteousness? What did you guys come up with? What are your thoughts on that? Um, Well, I went to my good friend, Google, (laughs) and I typed in define righteousness. And so I had a couple of different things. In, In a biblical standpoint, it's free from guilt or sin. And then I did another little request of defining breastplate and it's armor that covering your chest and your heart, right? So what it is, it is protecting our hearts from evil and deception. Oh, wow. Okay. Mm. Right. So we, we are putting it on the righteousness of Christ um, to protect ourselves. I actually went to Isaiah 59. No, did you really? 59, 15? Yep. Is that where you went? Okay. No, 17, but go ahead. Okay. Well, I started in 15. It goes, truth is nowhere to be found and whoever shuns evil becomes a prey. The Lord looked and was displeased that there was no justice. He saw that there was no one. He was appalled that there was no one to intervene. So his own arm achieved salvation for him and his own righteousness sustained him. He put on righteousness as his breastplate and the helmet of salvation on his head. He put on the garments of vengeance and wrapped himself in zeal as in a cloak. So it's God talking about in the future about Jesus coming and Jesus being that salvation. Yeah. So I read this article. It was so interesting. It was like, we often think about Paul using this picture because he was familiar with the Roman soldiers and he was, but every single piece of armor is described as God wearing it in the Old Testament. So the breastplate of righteousness, and that was what I was going to read. He he put on his righteous as a breastplate comes from Isaiah 59. And then there's, I'll bring them up every time. So this, we talk about it, but this is God's armor. Right. So when it, when we, it's called the armor of of God, God, right? right. Like we are armor, right? And, and so um, it kind of reminds me of David about to fight Goliath. I can't wear this armor. It's not, you know, I'm not used to it. Right. It's like, it's God that's going to do the fighting yes. or God right. that already did the fighting. Right. So talk about the breastplate of righteousness. I think at least a portion of it, or maybe most of it is recognizing that Christ's righteousness covers us. And so nothing can hit us in the heart because we're covered in God's righteousness already. Right. That's something that really struck with me this time as, as I was preparing and reading Ephesians six is that it's not, it's, it's God's armor. So it's God's righteousness that is protecting my heart. It's Jesus's righteous blood that protects me from evil, from the schemes of the devil, from the fiery arrows and not my own, my righteousness would not hold up. So, right. So Isaiah uh, 64, six, All of us have become like one who is unclean, and all of our righteous acts are like filthy rags. We all shrivel up like a leaf, and like the wind, our sins sweep us away. 
So I think we really, in a very real sense, can think about if we are picturing ourselves going into spiritual battle and being like, I'm really good at this. I'm doing the right thing. I'm always going to do the right thing. It's not, I mean, that's like going to shrivel up like a leaf. We are not going to be able to fight this with our own righteousness. We either are misinterpreting our actions as righteous, or we are very blind to a bunch of other stuff that we're, that we're doing wrong. I've been thinking about the sermon from Tim Keller recently, and he says so much of our righteousness that we think we have is just the way our personalities are wired. Like we, and we are like fearful people that want to avoid conflict. So we think we're really gentle and kind when we're just not standing up for ourselves, Hmm. or we think we're really good and assertive and brave. And it turns out we're just jerks. Our righteousness is just filthy rags and we need Jesus. Yes. Actually, I am stealing a Bible verse from my son, Jack. (laughs) They've been working on this Bible verse. It's 1 John 1, verse 9. And it says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So it was just kind of another reminder that we are unrighteous and we need Christ's righteousness. And he cleanses us from that. You know, that's a great way to pivot to that second question of how do we put it on? How do we get righteousness? And that's right there, the answer. We have to confess our sins and let God purify us, sanctify us, cleanse us Mm -hmm. so that we will become righteous. Right. Um, Another idea um, or another verse about the same thing is in the Beatitudes. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for Mm. they will be filled. Like if you ask for that righteousness, then God will give you what you ask for. What other ways can we put on righteousness Um, or put on the breastplate of righteousness or recognize that Jesus is putting on his breastplate of righteousness in our, in our stead? Yeah. Well, it's referring back to Genesis, right? In Romans 4, is talking about Abraham, Romans 4, 21, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. That is why it was credited to him as righteousness. The words, it was credited to him, were written not for him alone, but also for us, to whom God will credit righteousness for us who believe in him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. So that's how we get our righteousness, is by believing God said what he did. Yeah. Yeah, Genesis says Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. So we need to believe God. We need to believe the gospel. Yeah. And then we have the breastplate of yes. righteousness. Yes. Yes. Right. I mean, it's basically you must be a Christian. You must believe, repent, turn from your evil ways and trust your entire life to Christ. It's not a half-hearted thing. As with almost everything on this podcast, <laughs> piece of the armor of God are not a list of things to do. They're a list of things that have been given to us. Mm -hmm. It's a list of blessings that already are given to us. And so in a way you could think about is like stand firm. Okay. You know, what's true is already true. You have the belt of truth on, you have the breastplate of righteousness. You know, like you don't have to sin. You are righteous now. These are all things that God does for us. Not we do for God. The reason we can stand against temptation is because Jesus ultimately stood. Mm -hmm. Right. But when it comes to, so what do we actually do? Which is always my temptation. Like, okay, but what do I actually have to do? do? Right. Because 
I think it's because I am a Pharisee. <laughs> I want to do it right. But I think also there is stuff for us to do because we know that this is already ours. We already have the breastplate of righteousness. We need to, and this is, I was thinking about this in the shower today. This is the Sunday school answer. And it's a shame that we think that that's some sort of bad answer. We need to read the Bible and pray, right? We need to Mm -hmm. know the truth. We need to know what the righteousness is. We need to ask for righteousness. We need to ask for truth Mm -hmm. and we need to abide in Christ and he will bring forth the fruit. You know, he does the hard work. We just need to listen to him Mm -hmm. like Mary did sitting at his feet. I think we also need to trust in that righteousness that trust like, When times get tough, we tend to fall back and want to do it on our own and rely on our own goodness. But the reality is we can't. We have to trust in that that armor of God and not our own armor. Mm -hmm. Uh, Matthew 6, starting in verse 31. So do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? Which is like, don't be a woman. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, For the pagans run after all these things. And your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Every day has enough trouble of its own. So you just you just got to seek his, that's what, that's what you do. Yep. Seek his kingdom and his righteousness. And then he clarifies all the other stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All it's really an act of faith. It's hard, but it's, it's what it is. Well, since we have this breastplate of righteousness, right? Mm -hmm. Why does that help us fight sin? How does it work? Why is it important? Why does Paul or God, to the extent that we could understand, why do they list it as a way of fighting temptation, of fighting the attacks of the enemy? I think it's a great way for us to remember that we can't be condemned by our own past I feel like sometimes I get led into sin when I am feeling really miserable about myself or what my life looks like. And it's not even things that are recent. It's things that crop up from years and years ago, like conversations I've had that I said something really stupid and selfish. And it's like, oh, I hate myself for that. But in the reality, I I mean, this is what the breastplate of righteousness is really good for is to remember I am righteous. I've been forgiven for those sins. I'm not the person I used to be because I'm growing in faith day by day. And that's how it works. It protects us from the condemnation of Satan whispering in our ear. Yeah, but you don't deserve this. Yeah, you don't. You you aren't good enough. That kind of thing. Yeah, right. At least that's one of the ways it does. Yeah, I think you're so right. And I think that accusations from other people or from Satan can come into our life or come into our mind or something, but they can't hit us in the heart Hmm. because as guilty as I am, I could be like, it's all under the blood. It's all under that breastplate of righteousness. Right. Um, It's already, you know, or a breastplate of righteousness is over it. I don't know. I'm mixing my metaphor. My point is like the, what, what can Satan say to me that has not been, conquered by Jesus, you know? So you can try to discourage me, but it's only going to remind me how great of that Jesus's righteousness is. 
in my research, I found from this website, gotquestions.org, your questions, biblical answers. We should get Katie a set of commentaries. I know how to use one. to the Google. As we wear Christ's breastplate of righteousness, we begin to develop a purity of heart that translates into actions. Wearing this breastplate creates a lifestyle of putting into practice what we believe in our hearts. As our lives become conformed to the image of Christ, our choices become more righteous. And though these godly choices also protect us from further temptation and deception. I definitely agree with that. I think as Google I Google knows stuff. <laughs> I think that as as you demonstrate or you prove God proves to you that He's changing you, and He's like, Look, you're changing. Yeah. Look, you threw away that birthday cake. Yeah. You ordered salad when you could and you couldn't have you know or you said no and then like when you get up to that same temptation again you'd be like i've done this before mm-hmm. it's not impossible i have had there is a track record of me doing that the world did not stop spinning when i threw away that dessert that was not finished right and then i also think that when you're in the momentum of of making the right choice then you could be like, you know what? I feel a lot better after meals when I'm not overeating or when I've chosen to eat the right things, I feel more energetic. I don't really want to eat too much because it's going to make me feel like you kind of start recognizing where those lines are. The consequences. Yeah. And right. I mean, that's just like a godly grace or like you, a gracious gift that God gives us. You start eating more mindfully because you realize the good gifts you've been given instead. Yeah. So it's not, you can't start there right? You can't be like, or a lot of people try, right? They, a lot of people try in their own righteousness to just do it right, do it right, do it right. But when, if you start with God's righteousness, yeah, I mean, then you really do start. I mean, you really are a new creation. You really do yeah. have increased victory over your sin. The, the battle that you're fighting is over new threshold, if, if you are still fighting the same battle that you've always fought, then you're not making progress. But if you're fighting a new battle, if your weakness is a little bit stronger, sure. you know, yeah. that is, you know, proof that, that you are really bearing spiritual fruit. Yeah. So I want to add a question to our rubric here, because so in some respects, everything we've been talking is kind of theoretical, like in our minds. Okay. Let's talk about like rubber meets the road practical, because we want to take what we have learned and like apply it today to our weight loss journey, right? Okay, cool. Breastplate of righteousness. We also have our weight loss journey in front of us, our relationship with food or self-image and exercise. How would you relate that? How would you apply it to that journey? What do you guys think? As you asked me that question, my mind went completely blank, and I'm like, I forgot what the first plate of righteousness is. <laughs> like, I don't know what we're talking about. Well, if I'm free from sin, we're guilt, right? Okay. So, if I want to apply that to my weight loss, on Sunday, last Sunday, so a few days ago, I overate at mom's house because she makes great food. She's such a good cook, yeah. So good, so good. I definitely ate too much. I remember feeling pretty sick on the way home. Not like I was going to throw up sick, mm-hmm. but just like I had overeaten too much. So on the way home from mom's house, I just went through the yeah, yuck, yippee. I'm like, yeah, 
I overate. I know that I did. I know when I did it. I know when I crossed that line mm-hmm. when I saw mom pull out the blue cheese and I didn't have any on my first one. You know? <laughs> and then when mom painted out that dessert, which was amazing, the fresh peach. Peach lush. So, so good. good. So I definitely overate. So I was like, yeah, I did that. And I said, yuck. I feel disgusting right now. I know that I sinned in that moment. And then I was like, yippee, Jesus has forgiven me of this sin. I don't need to dwell in this nasty feeling in my heart, even though my tummy feels sick. I don't need to dwell in it. And I was able, and I will do better tomorrow. We'll do mm-hmm. better next, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's how I, that's how I feel like the breastplate of righteousness, but recognizing, protecting my heart. I'm free from sin and guilt. Christ's blood has me covered. Let's get going. Yeah. Bring on that bring on the next one, you know, like in Lord yeah. of the Rings when they're fighting all the, the orcs, they're like, okay, bring on the next one. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> wow. Nerd I think it means that we don't have to, to feel guilty over our mistakes and we can just move forward and we can move forward to the next meal, the next snack and do the right thing. So, yeah, I, I had a similar story, Katie. Um, I just took a new job. They took a staff photo and put it on their Facebook page. I was like, yuck. I just went straight to yuck. <laughs> I'm a very pale person. I feel like I'm always like, whenever I feel worse about myself, I'm always pale and chubby. And so I was like, ah, oh, I really hated the picture for a minute, I guess. And I think that I, I, and I went through the same process. I was like, yes, I am heavier than I want to be. I'm heavier than I could be. I'm heavier than I've been in the past. But then I, you know, there's a couple layers there. Some of that is sin and some of it is pride wanting my picture to be different. And one thing, and I don't know if this is a good thing or not, I kind of think it's helping me is I've been saying, maybe God isn't calling you to be beautiful. You know, like maybe his plan for you is not to be beautiful. It, and and not, not in the sense of everyone's beautiful. You should accept the way you are because I need to do that. But also Maybe I need, like, maybe I need to accept the way I am and be let go of what other, what, what you dream Becky should be. Right. Or what, what is going to be or whatever, because God doesn't look on the outside. He looks at the heart and maybe there is special utility in ministry for someone who doesn't look like Heidi Klum, which by the way, I'm never going to look like Heidi Klum or whatever, you know, so I can be the best version of myself. I'm not going to be the best version that someone else defines. So I needed to, I went to terms with the fact that I was believing a lie, belt of truth, and I needed to remind myself of the truth and then recognize that I needed to remember what God was already doing in me, not what he was doing through me. And so um, I had to let go of it and said, you know what? It doesn't matter. I need to keep going. Like you said, bring it on. What's the next thing? Yeah. What can I do? That's right. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to let guilt over my past stop me from serving Jesus right now and the things he has in front of me. And it felt like an incredibly bold, brave choice in a way. Like it feels like we're so ingrained that we need to like stop and feel guilty about things. But I don't think guilt ever actually helps you do anything right. You need to be forgiven. You need grace in order to, to do the right thing. Becky, I also want to remind you, sometimes you talk like you're this very homely looking woman and you are not like, um, I mean, I think everyone thinks that doesn't everyone kind of think that way about themselves. No, no. 
I, well, I, I know I am a hottie. You are a hottie. You guys are both really beautiful. Okay. It's hard when you have such beautiful sisters that I have to stare at the whole time. <laughs> That's why Emily's not part of the podcast. Yeah, too beautiful. Too She's beautiful. out. She's out. <laughs> I, mean, um, I, I don't know. I, I, guess, I know I have my warts, I feel like. And then I, I feel like I have a person that I'm good at ignoring them. Or be like, hey, it's, it is what it is. I can just move on from it. Mm-hmm. But you, my love, like to, is that a wart? Let me stare really close at it. And let me make it. Yeah, I really do. You do. And well, um, I I do feel okay. Confession time. I do feel particularly not beautiful. Like I feel that compared to other people, I am. I don't want to say ugly, but like exceptionally not. <laughs> but I but I like what I've been working on it because. But it's not enough to stop me from getting my picture taken, or right. I really feel like I'm not like. I, I I feel like I have like not, and I and I have to remind myself like my husband never feels that way. You know, he always gets very upset with me when yeah, I say that. Yeah. So and he's he's not an ugly person. No, he's you know, more attractive than me. That's I wouldn't say that. <laughs> but I mean, my brother-in-law. But, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I do. I, you 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 have a, a pessimistic tendency, and I think it does bleed over into how you view yourself. And you mm-hmm. you Becky. We, the dad has often teased Becky that nobody can paint a room darker than what Becky gets. And so nobody, you are your strongest critic, you know? Right. Mm -hmm. But I do think, but this is where I just see the work of Christ in me because it's only when you look at your weakest spots that you see the real fruit. And I am just so not letting that stop me lately. Like I'm really YouTube videos for church. Can you imagine me doing that? Yeah. you know three you know, or four it, years it, ago it's, it's, it's counter- can you imagine me doing a podcast <laughs> <laughs> you know it's it's your perception yeah and that's why it is and that's who you are and that's there is the greatest difference between what becky thinks about herself and what becky is doing with what becky has thought about herself right does that make sense but i think objectively you are not an ugly person no and i don't want to like appraisal right i don't want to for sure don't want to do that but also it's like i don't want i mean like don't compliment yourself you're not like that extraordinary either way you know i don't i think it's a foothold that satan has in my heart basically Mm -hmm. it's a lie that he says to me that hurts me a lot so maybe as we think practically about the as we think practically about the armor of god i need to apply it to this specific yes. thing you know like what is the truth sure what is the breastplate of righteousness and part of it i i think is recognizing that um it really doesn't matter that much what they look also like you like know this. and i needed i need to do what's right anyway yeah when you uh, a couple weeks ago you were complaining to me about uh whether or not you were too pale and chubby too pale and chubby to be a good preschool teacher and I replied back to you, who cares? <laughs> who cares if you are those things? I really you know, regret texting you that. What does yeah. that have to do because with being a good preschool be really teacher? Honest. What did you say, Sarah? Oh, I said, what does that have to do with being a good preschool teacher? Yeah, I don't yet. know. Why does Satan he but he knew it would yeah, work on me? Who cares? I don't know. I don't know why it is so is so sticky to me, but it is stupid too. Like I mean, uh, to myself, you know, like uh, I feel 
uh, you know, I'm nervous. That we're going to be in Emily's wedding and I'm nervous about walking down the aisle walking funny because I, I tend to walk funny. Who cares? Yeah. You know, cause to, really when cares? you, when you share those insecurities to me, I'm like, I can't understand it. I'm like, Okay. I'm like, you're like, I'm not sure I can stand. I'm like, well, let's sit then. I'll sit with you. Like, why is it, you know, you know, and, um, but then it, it's just, it is clarifying to recognize that we, we have soft spots yeah. that we just let Satan talk to us yeah. and we believe yeah. him at. Right. It's a little bit encouraging to hear what you have as, as a soft spot or what I have as a soft spot. You look at me and be like, who cares? Yeah. Matter. You know, yeah. that's, so, that's so dumb. You know, yeah. like, why would you think that? You know? Yeah. 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 Hmm. Sarah, you have all put together. You never have any soft spots. Oh, I have lots of soft spots. I just can't think of any specific examples off the top of my head. So I guess, I guess to wrap up, we, we need to think about those soft spots and apply these areas and, and see what God does, yeah. you know, like what we, okay. what will he change in our hearts? Yeah. It's kind of exciting to think about. Yeah, for sure. So, Sarah, would you close us in prayer? Yes, I'd love to. Dear Jesus, thank you that we could come together today and discuss your armor, your protection that you give us as Christians, as uh, faithful followers of Christ, that you would protect us. You would give us the belt of truth that we talked about last week so that we would know you and know what is true. And then also this week, as we talked about the breastplate of righteousness, that you would protect us from the onslaught of arrows, the lies, the things that would condemn us, even though we know we are righteous in you and because of you. I pray that we can apply this to our lives this week, that we would keep that breastplate on so that we would remember who you are and who we are in you, that we are righteous, um, even in those soft spots where we feel that we aren't good enough, that we can look and see that you truly are righteous and you have given us that righteousness. I pray for our listeners right now. Um, I pray that this impacts their hearts and their lives, not because of what we have said, but because you have touched their hearts and their minds. In your name we pray. Amen. So has anyone made progress on memorizing Ephesians 6, 10 through 18? Well, I memorized the first sentence which is not a very long sentence oh okay okay but what I do you i don't remember the current second because now we're looking all right at i will i will have it right here and you it, okay. i will i will help you do it because i know i know the first sentence i think finally be strong in the lord and in his power mighty in his mighty mighty power that's all i got okay. finally be strong in the lord and his mighty power that's all I got. That's a good job. Sentence. That's a good, sentence. One sentence. Do you have that much, Sarah? I don't have that much. I read it few, through a few times. I've got the general idea. All right, Sarah, it. just repeat after me. Don't look at your Bible. Ready? Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Boom. How hard was that? Hard <laughs> Here's the problem, though. I'm also memorizing it in a different version. So now I'm going to get it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're doing NIV. No, it's um, okay. I, I just can't, I mean, I did this a long time ago with kids, but I can't, I always remember the emotions. emotions. Yeah. Be strong. You know, you do like, you flex your muscles in the Lord and you point up and in his, so you point one finger up for in the Lord and the other finger up, finger up in his, and then you do like 
another strength pose, mighty power. And we always did it in a like big voice. So finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. And then do do all the motions and we'll take a video. (laughs) That, that'll be a challenge right there. It's a soft spot. Push through. And then we like, finally, then you put, put on the full armor of God. We acted like we're taking shoulder pads and putting it over our head, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. So that's our next, next week. We're going to do verse 11. Okay. So we should have 10, 11. If this is a short podcast, (laughs) just admit it's been a weird day and imagine my four-year-old hovering around us while we're talking. She's so cute. I took a picture of her when you were talking (laughs) too. Do you want to say hi? Hi. Hi. Say your name and how much you weigh. Um, What's your name? Addie. And how much do you weigh, do you think? 43. 43? Maybe. I have no idea. I have no idea. How old are you? Um, Five. Five. That's right. Okay. This podcast (laughs) was edited by Sarah Dubois. And Katie is our emotional support team. And David did our beautiful bumper music and I'm the oldest sister and so I'm the boss please sign up for our Substack. Substack uh, is a sort of like a blog but you get like emails in your inbox like a regular email that shows you when uh, new podcasts come out and we do a weekly newsletter that comes out on Mondays but you can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook in the meantime keep your eyes on Jesus he is the author and perfecter of your faith you're beautiful darling there is no flaw in you are you sure uh yeah okay (laughs) remember who you are that's a good that's good advice too